everybody. Hello, welcome back to the Ladies' Ladies Choice. Choice. I'm Alexis. And I'm Vanessa. And today we are discussing Grease 2. I am so excited because this is probably one of my most favorite musicals, my most loved musicals of all time. It's a hot take. It's a controversial one, mm-hmm. but I do have my reasons. It's been long awaited. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're finally, finally doing it, and we just thought it'd be a great time with the prequel you know, airing now. What a what a great time to discuss Greece. Yes, yes. I'm very excited. But before we jump into that, we have to talk about this week's Broadway buzz. A lot going on for Broadway these days, mm-hmm. as always. Um, I'm sure you've all heard that Phantom of the Opera has taken its final curtain call. It's about time. It's been many, many years. Actually, I don't know why I said that. I'm kind of sad because I've never seen it. Yeah, me neither. I would think we should have jumped on that opportunity. Yeah, I guess we should have. But I, I've seen the movie, you know. I oh, was, you have. It was always on for some reason when I went to visit my aunts. It was, oh. I guess, I mean, I loved Emmy Rossum's performance in it. Oh, yeah. But um, how old is that? What year did that come out? I think it was 2000. My guess is like 2005. Wow, she's been in the game for a minute. Um, just so I know because it was before she was on Shameless, which aired in 2010. Makes sense. They almost didn't want her to play the role because they just saw her as like this too um, like classy of a character in, oh. in Phantom, and the character she plays in Shameless is like not. a Chicago poor girl. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's closed. It's done. I saw like people wanted an encore. I don't know. Did you see any footage of that? I didn't, but I do know like the last performance was invite only. That's crazy. Can you imagine. And then. I remember I just kept seeing footage of them like taking down all the sets. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and the chandelier. So I'm sure it's going all to the Museum of Broadway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be that's be that'd be smart. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's done that's and done. Phantom. And like, then well wishes. Yeah. Best of luck. Whatever's filling <laughs> that theater next. Do you know? I don't <laughs> know, but I've heard rumors that I forgot about. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then. Everyone has seen the. Everyone has well, heard. I guess not everyone has seen. The I guess movies. not everyone. I guess I could share that little. Anecdote. Yeah. So we wanted to share our thoughts on the wicked leaks. I'm like so thrilled. I don't know. I kind of I understand both ends of the spectrum. Some people are saying that they don't like how much has been leaked so far. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I'm kind of shocked how Me too. detailed of the leaks are. I also didn't expect us to get any actual like photos because so Ariana posted right. the photo for his Glinda and then well you don't really see like the full thing. Yeah. But you know yeah, yeah. and then Cynthia I thought that was all we're gonna get. Me too. I thought we were okay that's a little teaser but I didn't expect that to be so soon. But people are speculating that we're gonna get a trailer over the summer. Oh, wow. I'd be... It, I feel like it'd be like a 10 second. It'd be like it's going to be a little short, teaser. Like the kind of what they do with Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. very, yeah. very... Just a little bit of a crumb. Yeah. But back to what was leaked. I understand both ends of the spectrum in the sense that some people are like, I want more of the leaked footage. And other people are like, please stop sharing this because I want to be surprised. Right. I think it's a very different... I, w- I usually prefer to see behind the scene footage after I've already seen oh, yeah. the movie mm-hmm. because I just, I've always liked to go into something, especially with a movie, you know, in a franchise that says like something, Wicked is just huge. Yeah. And I want to kind of go in with the freshest pair of eyes I can. Yeah. And I, but like, it's, you, it's kind of hard to avoid any of these spoilers. It's true. And, but you know what I was thinking? Do you think there's a possibility that this could be a publicity stunt? 
No, because I don't think it needs any publicity. I think every, I, I think right. Wicked is going to have a big audience no matter what. You're right. Yeah. Um. So I just think it's like someone in England trying to, you know, putting their drone out there, trying to yeah. get some footage. But yeah, I mean, I like what I've seen so far. I don't have any, I know like some people are kind of have um, hot takes on how Glinda looks. It's not I think the... she looks too pale. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. That the color against her skin looks too pale. The hair, people are saying that's the problem too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't bother me so much. I think a lot of people are just used to the blue bubble mm-hmm. dress. And I think that's what threw me off initially. But they're definitely going towards, you know, the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz yeah. movie, which I understand. However, I really hope they don't do too much to make it, you know, tied back to the films of the Wizard of Oz, the film of Wizard of Oz, because that's what was so great about Wicked is that you knew they were talking about the Wizard of Oz, like the stage version, but they weren't like spoon feeding it and making it like so obvious. Right. There was very little detail. Like you saw the ruby red slippers and, you know, everything was just like Like subtle nods. Yeah. The perfect amount of like ties into the movie. I don't want this to feel like we're literally in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I think that's why I just – I would rather prefer there to be no more leaks yes. just so we can kind of all see it at once. I I want to see it like, you know, the midnight premiere of oh, this. Oh, like, we're going to go. I want to see it immediately the second it's out because I just know people don't care to spoil things. Yeah. And obviously, like, we know the show already, the plot. Mm-hmm. But it's like seeing the visuals and seeing it all come together – I feel like it's just going to be such a theatrical fun experience. Yeah. But yeah, I don't necessarily have any issues with the dress being pink or her hair color or anything. I think what I think is the issue is that the way it's, you know, it's taken on a camera that's zoomed so out yeah, and like the quality is not going to be good. And I think it's going to show up a lot different, you know, after Mm post-production. Yes. They're probably going to make her in a bubble. Yeah. So we don't know what she's going to look like, the final thing. You don't know if they intentionally made her look a certain way because of how CGI works that we just yeah, don't know, yeah. you know? So we're going to find out. I think she sounds amazing too. Oh, yes. I also hate the rumor that they're like, oh, she's singing over Kristen Chenoweth. That is so obviously Ariana Grande it's singing. so obvious. I think people were just so, like, they would they think she's going to say, like, yeah. Yeah. In the, in like, yeah. In the song. It's so... Obviously, like, Ariana Grande, I know she's known as, like, a pop singer now, but, you know, mm-hmm. her roots were in Theater. 13 the musical. Mm-hmm. So let's give her some credit. and Because there's a lot of people that are really not, like, plotting her demise. I feel like they want her to fail. Really? Well, I've seen a lot of that on social media. Oh. They're just um, being pretty hateful. And obviously, there's a, a majority of them are happy about it. But yeah. there are people that are kind of just... I never thought that, like, she shouldn't have been in the role. Initially, when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to have to see it. But now that I've seen her in it, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Now she's that a, I see it. I feel like she's a phenomenal, like, soprano oh, yeah. whistle register. And, yeah, she just sounded so good from the mm-hmm. the league. I'm so excited, you know, when you the whole cast album drops. And, oh, my God. Know. It's going to be so good. It's, We're going to have to, like – this. I feel like this is going to be – like the craziest thing that's happened in years, like the biggest thing for yeah musical theater fans. I don't even know like what the craziest thing would have been since Lea Michelle's Fanny Bryce. Oh, yeah, I mean this is uh, our this is our Joker. Right, 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 right. So I think it's it's gonna be a I think it's gonna break um, oh box, box office, office records, records. Yeah. for yeah. musicals at least. Yeah, I don't know because you know like with Marvel movies are just so. 
they just get already get such big numbers anyway, so it's yeah. kind of hard to beat those. But you never know. I mean, I saw that uh, the Super Mario Brothers are beat Frozen two for highest grossing animation. You're kidding? <laughs> no, my sister was like, she works in movie theater, and it was the biggest rush. You're kidding? With. Yes, I was like, oh my god, because it's you got it. It's such like a, I feel like it's such a nostalgic thing. Like people yeah. all are playing it. I do kind of want to see that. It was fun. But my last prediction for this mm-hmm. wicked thing, I think we're gonna get another leaked thing, like yeah. footage, and it's gonna be something with Cynthia, Cynthia as Alpha because sure. there's got to be something. They're gonna have her flying off the air doing something. We're gonna see. I wonder. I wonder. But I, yeah, I think. I mean. Maybe because I don't know because we were saying how if it maybe should have been inside like in a sound stage so there wouldn't yeah. be any leaks, but I think just because the set is so big, um, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, and I was also saying earlier that I really appreciate that they're using like practical sets yeah, yeah. and not CGIing everything. So it's really cool because it's gonna really feel so immersive, like they're actually there, mm-hmm. and it's gonna feel like we're so really real. in the land of. I'm excited yes. to see how the Emerald City is gonna look. Yes, and Shiz, like yeah, because it's gonna be cool because they broke it up into two movies because there's so many time jumps. So we're right. gonna be able to see them younger in school and really explore that entire storyline that. You can't really – you can only do so much on a stage. Yeah. And you're going to have to wait, like, I think it's another year for this oh sequel. God. So it's going to end, like, with Defying Gravity, I assume. The first one is, is yeah, um, this is the beginning of Defying Gravity. Credits are going to drop right after. I can hear – I could, like, see it now. I mean, I could be wrong. It's going to be up in the air, and then it's going to go black. And we're like, oh, well, see you guys next year. See you guys next year. <laughs> Which is – I don't know, because do you think it would have been hard to compact all of that in, a, like, a two-hour film? I do, because of the time jumps. How, yeah, because – I mean – the actual on-stage production is about two hours, right? Yeah. So, but also it's much different, I feel like, with when you have the element, you just have a lot more possibilities when it's on screen. Yeah. Um, so I guess we shall see because the day of, you know, a lot of people have sometimes issues with how it translates from on stage to on screen. Yeah. That was a big complaint of the Dear Evan Hansen movie. They don't think it, you know, translated well. So I guess we shall see. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Like, this is, like, the biggest thing that's I feel like is happening to me since Queen. <laughs> oh, oh, no, since Funny Girl. I was just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Funny Girl's Girl. big. Speaking of Funny Girl, I am seeing Funny Girl again with Leah and my parents for Mother's Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on, the last thing we want to discuss during Broadway Buzz segment is Rise of Pink Ladies. Yes, we have been, you know, waiting for this for months. Yes, I was really excited about this. Yeah, so we figured we want to do a whole segment talking about it, and we'll probably, you know, talk about our opinions as new episodes come out. Yeah. But right now, as we're recording this, there are four episodes Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Boy, do we have opinions. (laughs) There's a a lot to be said. I think it's – I do want to preface that I feel like any – reboot prequel that is following up a huge well-known you know movie franchise it's it's gonna be hard and it's gonna disappoint people and I think disappointment is a good word to use yeah situation because I'm still trying to give it a shot I mean we've seen four episodes now I think the first two were definitely stronger than the the second two that we saw Mm um I don't know it very much I think the biggest problem is, is the music. Yeah, I would say. I feel like 
The storylines are fine. Yeah. But the songs are very misplaced and they're not driving the plot forward. Mm -hmm. And they just feel like big music videos. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like – it doesn't feel like anybody that actually does musical theater creatively is working on this show. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a little rocky because with, you know, when I think at least with the first two episodes, mm-hmm. it seemed like there was a lot more musical numbers. The second episode, yeah. both of them start with one and it's yeah. big. They're big. They're very flashy, very spectacly. Tons of uh, choreography and backup dancers and I think it's just too, too choreographed. It yes. doesn't need to be. It's like it's they didn't know what to do with the budget. Yes, that's what we were saying, how it feels like they had this enormous budget. And they could do absolutely anything they wanted to do. And they did it all. Yeah. It's kind of – and I would just say that majority of the songs also that we've heard so far are forgettable. Yeah. And extremely heavily auto-tuned. Like, we tried to watch the first episode. We didn't have subtitles on. And we could not understand a word they were saying. Terrible enunciation. Terrible enunciation. And it just feels like um, whoever, like, vocally produced this – they didn't, you know, have the intention of communicating or understanding that after they recorded the song, they had to film it in a scene mm-hmm. that they were going to have to communicate the purpose as to why they were singing the song. So like in theater and musicals, the reason why people burst out in a song is because words and talking isn't enough anymore. And the only way you could express how you feel is by singing. And when singing isn't enough, you have to dance. Mm-hmm. Like the next thing is dance. So it all is like a, a, a recipe. Yeah. And I feel like the way that the music was written, the way that the scenes were, the scenes into the songs mm-hmm. were written just does not follow that yeah. formula and whatsoever. They kind of camouflage, I guess the way they get away with all these insane spectacle numbers is that 90% of the performances are a dream sequence in their head and it just is it's a frustrating because you kind of want to see because like in an actual musical these things are supposed to be really happening yeah so they can kind of have some sense of realism yeah but in these numbers their girl the girls are in the sky and floating (laughs) spinning around um just Ab- in reverse it's abnormal things and i yeah. think it's just to, it, that's why it feels so heavily produced in like a music video that it's like you have the plot insert music video and it doesn't flow naturally no like the song has nothing to do with what's actually going on in the story mm-hmm. um i also watched an interview while i was on the plane this week with the cast and they were asking them do you think that your character knows that this that they're in a musical number and they were saying no they think that this is all just going on in their head mm-hmm. and they, they even reference glee they're like like it's not like glee where the kids know that they're performing mm-hmm. and they're breaking out into song and i just don't like that i don't like it either i don't like that that's not a musical it's not like it's really not and it's just i feel like they're just taking the plot and just kind of making it an excuse to have songs in there when usually in a musical they all go together yeah but I don't know. I just, there's, it's really not, a lot of the numbers are just not doing it for me. I think my least favorite number so far was the one with all the moms. That was actually bizarre. That, that was, was ridiculous. So unneeded. Like so unneeded. And I feel like 
I love one song. It's called I Want More. And but it feels very misplaced in the storyline. Yeah. That should have been happening like mid-season, mm-hmm. not the second episode. Yeah. First of all. Second of all, there are no moments where they just stand there and sing. Never. There's no moments they'll just walk down the hallway and like sing a song. Yeah. Or like sing a song to each other in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's all like we're going to throw in this special effect. You're floating in the air. Papers are flying everywhere. It's bizarre. It's, it's, nothing is simplified. It's all. It just all feels like a, you're watching a flash mob over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. And that's fine to have like a, a number like that, you know, a couple times a season. But then it, they don't hit. But they don't hit. In the, and it's just when you do it too much, nothing really seems to stand out. Exactly. That's what. That's the perfect way to say it. And they're all just so... I don't like flamboyant and you know just charade that you really don't buy into any of their saying because you're too distracted on what's going on. You exactly. can't even really take time to listen to the to understand the lyrics. And if you have if you don't have subtitles, you're not gonna understand the You're not gonna list. understand anything. So and yeah. then the Olivia character, which mm-hmm. I wanna like her, but on paper, she's another spicy latina that they keep doing all these tropes first it's of all very spicy sexy latina that has an affair with the teacher first of all Yikes. second of all each song i've noticed that she does it's like i'm sexy salacious what, yes what do i'm gonna do about it you know like and it doesn't like the song that she just did that we just watched where she was it like was in the classroom yeah she's in the classroom with uh it's in the fourth episode where yeah, she gets in trouble for what she's wearing. Yeah, And then they break out into a song and it's very choreographed and bizarre. Yeah, and it's like, I kind of like what they were trying to do. But then, like, it, it, it just didn't fit well. It just didn't, like, it wasn't natural. Yeah, and this is not to discredit, like, the, the songwriters, I guess. But a lot of the songs, when you're hearing them, it sounds like something I would have made up when I was 12. Yeah. Trying to become some type of singer. Just because the choruses are not... They're not choruses. It's just oh oh oh, Lillian. It's like very bizarre. And I, sorry, I keep saying that word, but that's just the only thing that comes to mind. And it's disappointing because I've been looking forward to this since the announcement of this freaking show. And I love Grease, and I thought it was something so fresh, so exciting. Mm -hmm. But it really does feel like they're using all the same tropes. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate the fact that they're not denying how you know the racial issues in the 50s and they're not just like glossing over it and trying to make this like some uh yeah fantasy sure i wonder if they're gonna dive into it more because right now it still kind of feels like they're not facing it head on they're like tiptoeing around yeah yeah but i and then again the numbers the number that they had i guess regarding it with like the founding it was in the third episode i really did not like the third episode I think that's my least favorite out of all four. But for me, I would think my favorite part of the show right now is, like, the character of Cynthia. I like Cynthia. I just – she's my favorite person when I watch. They're the only ones that I actually feel like, okay, this is a fully developed character. Yeah. Like, the acting is great. They're – Yeah. Comedic timing is perfect. They're Uh very funny. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty yeah. sure this is the act, the actor's first role, and they are killing it. I think yeah. every time they're on screen, I'm just – I'm amused they're in some star. way. But it's a little – it's just not enough. Like, one person can't carry Yeah, it can't carry the whole show. And also, sorry, not to, like, keep, like, talking about the negatives, but there's just so much to unpack about this show. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Two things I want to say. 
I don't like the fact they introduced the original characters from the first movie so soon in yeah, the series. Was, yeah. They started that in the first episode. Spoiler alert, they introduce us to Frenchie and Rizzo when they're in middle school, which I think is a really cute concept. And I think the actress who plays Frenchie is absolutely incredible. Like mm-hmm. she sounds and looks just like her. But I do think like I thought this was going to be a standalone prequel. And I knew that they were going to end up tying the characters in eventually, but I really didn't think they were going to do it that soon. Me neither. I really wasn't expecting that. I was shocked when we found that out in the pilot. Yeah. Um, and it was a fun little, like, oh, my God, cute. But then I'm just like, oh, already? Yeah. I think we also are – I feel like what another thing that I'm struggling with is the male leads, too. I was going to – that was my second point. Um, Buddy and – Richie? Richie. Both of them are not – Buddy is fine. Buddy is fine. Like, that's – Because he – is your typical He's supposed to be boring like, white vanilla vanilla guy? So I get that. Yeah. So you can buy. And you're you not really it. supposed to root for him, anyways. Exactly. So like, fine. But Richie is supposed to be the leader of the T Birds, and as the leader of the T Birds, you better have that swag, that charisma, that bad boy attitude with the heart of gold. It but falls flat. He looks like Bruno Mars. <laughs> Nothing. No shame to the actor, but. I don't know. I was just... And it also gives West Side Story. Mm-hmm. It gives West Side Story. It, a lot of times. And I also feel like with Jane, the main character, I don't... I have not felt her have chemistry with any of the oh, guys. Like, no. Buddy nor Richie. And I... I felt more chemistry with her and Buddy. A little bit more. But still, like, I just... We're, at this point now, they're, she's with Richie. And I just don't think I buy it. It doesn't feel, um, like, natural. It's not like a, like a couple that I care to continue to see what's going to happen with them yeah i think he was a no offense a strange cast for Mm -hmm. for this role he was not the leader of the t-birds yeah i don't know the other guys i could see them being like the backup t-birds sure that makes sense to me but like the leader of the t-birds something's just missing something's missing um i think what other other characters there and then there's so we've covered jane cynthia and then talked about olivia a little bit and Nancy. Nancy's the last yeah. one of the pink ladies. I'm still trying to figure her out. Yeah, I haven't figured out her shtick yet. Um, like, I get, like, what she's trying to do, like, what her character is. Right. But I'm not, like... I feel like all of the other characters had such a... I didn't mind. I think they had a good intro and uh, story into how they became a pink lady and, like, how they're each of them kind of started. But I don't think in the pilot... Uh, Nancy's story was strong. It was enough. very clear, yeah. And it felt like she was just kind of thrown in there af- as an afterthought. Um, but and then the sequel, or I'm sorry, not the sequel. The <laughs> second episode, we have the the president the president campaign oh, and the yeah. whole speech and the whole thing. And I didn't mind that. I thought it was like a big, you know, it was kind of funny. Yeah. But um so I don't necessarily mind how the pink ladies were formed. I think it was I like the idea like when they were trying to oh, think yeah. of a title. Um that was good. I did enjoy that, but it's you know, I just it's when the music starts I get really Yeah, annoyed. which is a shame. It's just like all the songs are such a like oh and we notice how there's a moment a couple times in each episode we're like, Oh, are they gonna start singing? And then they do Because instinctually that's where we feel like the song should be. And then they don't sing. And there's no number. And then when there is a number, you're like, why are they singing right now? Yeah. What is the point of all this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and just it's just it's you know the whole saying less is more mm-hmm. they did not pick up on that memo no they did not all. at all and again it's hard when you do a show that's set in high school and trying to be creative because we've had I can't even count how many high school shows this in yeah. throughout the 21st century. And now in our generation, we've had so many high school musical shows. Exactly. Like we, unfortunately, and this is not necessarily a fault, but it's just, there's so many different tropes, different storylines um, that have already been done before that you it just becomes very predictable. Yeah. But I think that they had such an opportunity to do something different considering that this was Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's set in the 50s. Right. So I think that this show could have and should have taken a darker tone. I agree. And I think. It should be darker. With all of the things that, all the terrible things that were going on in the 50s, they could have, they should have had a darker tone and not so like bubblegum. It's giving like they're trying to like paint this pretty picture when like I think it would do so much better and people would resonate with it more if it kind of showed reality just a little bit more yeah and i think that's why people liked glee because they weren't trying to try to cover up the fact that people hated them like look how horrible sue sylvester was Mm -hmm. she was actually horrible to these Mm -hmm. kids and i think people liked that and they wanted to see that and that's why they rooted for the underdogs whereas this is like too polished and perfect and pretty and it's tiptoeing around everything. Yeah. And I think there could be an argument said that because of the time that it wouldn't be realistic for characters to, I guess, talk about those things. Or like interact. Yeah. Because it was probably so... Uh... But look at Hollywood. Right. Like, That's could, what I'm saying. Could you imagine if Ryan Murphy got a hold of this? <laughs> if Ryan Murphy did this, this show would be incredible. I think so. Because look what he did with Hollywood. None of it made any sense, but it made so much sense. Right. At the same it's, time. It's, they said like if you could... The slogan was like, if you could rewrite history, the, the history yeah. or something. Um, so there was, there was plenty of opportunity. So I think it's just kind of like the tone is. It, I think it's, it's the tone the of the show. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to keep, we're going to keep watching. Something to watch. Um, um, see what happens next. But unfortunately, it's for me, it's just not landing. And a lot of the storylines are just kind of boring. Yeah, I'm not, like, hooked into the storyline. I'm really not. And I just think the pink ladies and the T-Birds are supposed to be cool. Like, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, they're the cool missing kids, it. And they're not really cool, in my opinion. No, they're – I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Yeah. But um, – The only one who's giving, like, cool vibes is Olivia. Right. And I like that I, – I do like that they're all kind of, you know – Different. A, a different random yeah. selection, but a lot of it just feels very tropey. Mm-hmm. You know, we have it just feels like when you're looking at Susan, I'm like, okay, Quinn, yes, okay, Finn, Finn, Rachel, um, Lydia Santana. It's a lot of it's kind of like we've seen this already, and I'm not not just meaning in terms of like referencing or paralleling Glee in any way, but just the high school stereotypes been there, done that. Yeah, and with. It being Greece in the 50s, like you've already said, there was opportunity for that not to be the case. Yeah. But their whole budget went to the musical numbers and not, I guess, good writers. I don't know. Yeah. Yikes. But um, with that said, let's talk about the original Greece flop. Greece, Greece 2. 2. Okay. So as I mentioned before, Greece 2 is one of my favorite, favorite musicals. But it was a massive flop. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this little summary blurb right now. Yeah, please. So Grease 2 is a 1982 American musical romantic comedy film and the sequel to the 1978 film Grease. Love. Adapted from the 1971 musical of the same name by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. 
Originally titled More Grease, the film was produced by Alan Carr and Robert Stigwood and directed and choreographed by Patricia Birch, who choreographed the original stage production and prior film. The plot returns to Rydell High School two years after the original film's graduation with a largely new cast led by Maxwell Caulfield and Michelle Pfeiffer in her first starring role. Amazing. The film was released in the United in the United States theaters on June 11, 1982, and grossed $15 million against a production budget of $11 million. A far cry from its predecessor's $132 million domestic box office. Despite breakout roles for Pfeiffer, Adrian Zmed, and Christopher McDonald, the film received mostly negative reviews from critics. Despite this, Grease 2 maintains a devoted fan base dedicates decades after its release. So listen to this. This is really interesting to me. Unlike co-star Pfeiffer, Caulfield's career following Grease 2 was damaged by the film's failure. He has been quoted as saying, before Grease 2 came out, I was being hailed as the next Richard Gere or John Travolta. However, when Grease 2 flopped, nobody would touch me. It felt like a bucket of cold water had been thrown in my face. It took me 10 years to get over Grease 2. Wow. I know. Wow. Um... That is you. That's honestly crazy because you would think it would have like um, the a worse effect on the girl. Yeah. Um, but that I really think like people are being extra with, so with these extra. like this review. I I really think people's biggest issue is that they were expecting John Travolta and Olivia Newton John again, and they that just wasn't the mm-hmm. case. Yeah, it was a whole new storyline. People were not ready for change back then. No, they wanted the same old same old like if it's not broke don't fix it type of beat which is really reflected of reflective of the times but i think it's gained a better you know fan base later on in life or i fear maybe people still hate it i don't know i mean i like i know bailey one of my good friends she hates it she Mm -hmm. hates grease too but i mean i guess when you really think about it imagine like watching season one of glee loving it it's a phenomenon it's amazing and then season two comes out and it's a whole new cast. Yeah. No, I, I I understand the criticism. I just think a lot of it is to say it's like the worst thing and it ruined careers is it's, it's sad. Silly. Yeah. Because there's a lot worse material out there. And I just think maybe it was ahead of its time. I do think it was ahead of its time. I think Grease 2 is so camp. The music, I think the music is so funny. It's so good. It is funny. I do think, though, sometimes the music doesn't necessarily move the plot I agree with that. But I also feel like, I mean, I guess not to sound hypocritical because we were just talking about, you know, the pink ladies. But I do feel like Grease in general is like that. Like, what is, I mean, I guess the hand jive. And we're talking about the first one? Yeah. Grease in general, their songs don't really move the plot. I mean, I guess Summer Lovin' does. Uh, there are worse things I could do. Hopelessly yeah. devoted. Uh, Grease you're lady. the one that I want. I think those do move the plot along. Yeah, they do. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with trying something different. Yeah. But I I definitely like the. I thought the number in the bowling alley was so fun. I love that number. <laughs> I remember when I was, I don't know how I remember this, in preschool, mm-hmm. I set up all the chairs mm-hmm. and I would like, made the entire class for like free time or something like sit down and watch me and I would like stand on the chairs and I performed that number oh wow yeah so do you was there footage of this no mm. I just remember doing that what an anecdote I know so didn't 
Didn't you also go to like a Greece 2 pop-up event? No, I went to Greece. Oh. I went to the Greece. They were doing like a a watch along. I don't know, but John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John yeah. were there. Like the original T-Birds were there too. Iconic. I went with Bailey. Bailey was very pregnant. Oh, wow. And I remember I couldn't post anything because she didn't want anybody on social media knowing she was pregnant. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? Kylie hey, Jenner? Off the grid. Yeah. And then eventually a few months later, she's like, okay, I can post it. I'm pregnant now. I'm like, okay. She doesn't want the questions. I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had only, I've just, I saw Grace to first time a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, and my first impression, I definitely liked it a lot. I didn't really understand the excessive vitriol hate it got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't say that I preferred it over the first one. Okay. I mean, but I respect that. I get that. Thanks for the respect. Of course. Um, but yeah, I guess you have such a, like a fondness of this movie. Do you think it ha- is there like nostalgia factors behind yeah. it? Because I, I have that with a lot of movies, too. Yeah. I think the reason why I love it so much is because my mom, who's not a huge musical person, she this is, like, her favorite, one of her favorite movies of all time. So when I was little, she would have me and my brother watch. We would just watch it together all the time. I want to know her take on this. I know. We should have had her on here. Just call her. You want me to do? We're phoning right a friend. We're phoning a friend. <laughs> Let's see if she answers. All right. Well, you're live recording on – the Ladies' Choice Podcast. You want to say hi to the to the podcast people? Yes. Okay, so say hi. hi. <laughs> okay. Hey, girl. So we Why are... Why would I be live? Because, Dad, we're talking about Grease 2. Okay, I know everything about it. <laughs> okay, well, we're doing our Grease 2 episode. I wanted to know if there was a reason you love it so much for... Was it like a nostalgia factor? And Alexis said that because you're, it was your mom's favorite. So I wanted to ask Jessica, why do you love Grease 2 so much? Um, cause I, I, the reason I love Grease 2 is because I never even watched the first Grease. So this is the, yeah, and I just, I used to watch it with my sisters over and over when we were little, when it first came out. So I think that's why I just always loved the movie. I love that. I love- and then the kids, they had the kids start watching it. What's your story? I used to watch Grease One with my mother and father. That was Bobby's favorite, and I was, like, and I used to love Grease One. And Bobby thought I looked like John Travolta. Oh, Jesus. I can see it. <laughs> you can, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Bobby thought I resembled John Travolta, but it was the times. It was great. That's why it's hard for me to watch any other Grease because I just thought Grease 1 was so iconic. I love that. You know, with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, I don't think you could get a better cast than that. Well, we also just discussed uh, Grease, The Rise of the Pink Ladies, the prequel, the show, because we just watched the new episode. Yeah. And how do you feel about Rise of the Pink Ladies? I really wish they wouldn't call it Rise of the Pink Ladies because I imagine Grease. And I don't think that has anything to do with Grease 1 or Grease 2. I think I think I would have liked it. I'm trying to get past the whole Grease thing. And I think I would like it much, much better if it was his own different entity. See, you, to prove Vanessa's point that people just don't like change. No, it has nothing to do with change. I just can't relate it because Grease 1 was so iconic. Yeah, it was it's such a great show that can't that can't that but can't match up. But it's still Greece. I agree. I think anything that comes out after Greece is always going to live in its shadow. Exactly. Well, thank you guys thank so much for coming. Yeah, on. thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Anytime. And um, yes. you know what? Maybe we'll have a special part two funny girl recap. I would love that. Yeah, when you guys are up here after we see funny girl okay. again. Go Leah. Go Leah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, is our pictures going to be up on there? How are they going to know it's us? We'll make sure they know. No, you can't see a podcast. Oh, they'll know by your voice. Yeah, they'll know. I will talk to y'all later. And, you know, I know summer's gone, but summer 11 had me a blast. (laughs) (laughs) That was me too. So fast. Okay. All right. You're all crazy for me. Okay, Andrew. You're supposed to say I met a boy. No, no, no. We're talking about Greece too. (laughs) Greece is the word. And on that note, (laughs) chat later. See you later, Andy B. Or John Travolta, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Ciao for now. They're sickos. And there you go. There you have it. it, It's. I can see the that's the I think that's the best way to go into Greece two is not seeing Greece one. Yes, that's that's a good point. I think. There's both two sides of the table. I think that's why your mom loved it so much is because she didn't know anything else. Yeah. And you can just you can appreciate it as a standalone film. Exactly. And I think that's how each Greece should have been. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't know. I maybe if they could have done it creatively better, I don't know how they would have to make it known that like each movie is its own generation. Yeah. Like a Degrassi situation. Of course. But um because I did read somewhere like a few years ago that there was supposed to be four Grease films. Oh, wow. And a whole TV series. But after Grease 2 came out, it was such a flop, they canceled it all. Mm-hmm. So now we have our TV series. Bada bing, bada boom. But also I heard there's a ru- there was a rumor when The Rise of the Pink Ladies was... It wasn't even a rumor. It was actually announced. That when Rise of the Pink Ladies was announced, another Grease prequel TV... No, movie is coming out. It's called Summer Lovin'. Mm-hmm. And it's about the summer with Sandy and Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about that. Again. Yeah. So I don't know if that's still happening. I guess we shall see. We'll find out. Um, but yeah. So with Grease two, do you? Let's talk about the plot of it. Okay. All. So basically, it's the typical. We have your T birds. We have our pink ladies. Pink ladies are technically T bird property. Sure. Um, and then we have a new kid in town. Yes. And instead of a female this time, it's a male. Mm-hmm. And I love him to death. Australian. Um, yep. Sandy's cousin? Yep. It's Sandy's cousin, even though he's from England. I don't know oh, how that he's works. England. Yeah. yeah, but she's also from Australia, so I don't know how that works. But um, what's his name? Michael Carrington, played by I, Max Caulfield. I will say I love – he's one of – his performance is one of my favorites yes. in the whole show because – um, he has that charisma. He does. And charm. He's so, I'm obsessed with him. He's yeah. so handsome. I'm like, he is one of my celebrity crushes. Like, oh. if it's not Darren Chris, it's a young Max Caulfield. That's so great. Oh, he's so gorgeous. Okay, so basically, he really likes Stephanie, who she's a pink lady. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. And she was dating the head of the T-Birds over the summer, mm-hmm. Johnny Nagarelli. Right. And um, he's a jerk. Yes. He's a total, he's, he's a douche. Douchebag. And she breaks up with him, doesn't want to be with him. And she's on this new, like, I want a cool, like, older guy, like, who's kind of mysterious. And she's kind of over high school. She has, like, a song. What's the song she's Cool writer. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Cool yeah. Yeah. Love that song. Catchy. Yes, yeah, so catchy. And um, basically, she dumps him and 
this guy, what's his face? Michael Carrington, he is obsessed with her and he wants to be with her, but she's like, I can't be with you because I want a cool writer. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, fine. The cool writers you want is what you want. I'm going to learn how to be a ride cool a, writer. Yeah. And he, the whole sequence of learning how to write a motorcycle. So cute. Like, it's just so cute. But in the meantime, because Johnny's a little butthurt that Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't want him, he kind of tries to make her jealous by going after Paulette. Mm. And that makes me sad because I really like Paulette. Yeah, yeah. And like she, she definitely gets the short end of the stick. Short end of the stick. And he kind of just in the beginning, he's like using her to like get back at Stephanie. Meanwhile, she's like Paulette is like so genuinely into him. But um, I don't know. I really like all of the characters of the pink ladies. They just all like have a good chemistry. Yeah. They do genuinely seem like friends. Very cohesive and very believable. Cohesive. Yes. Um, but I, it, it saddens me that Michelle Pfeiffer like really regretted this role. Yeah. Cause I really like, I loved her performance. I, I think, think it was she great. was, you can really buy that she's the cool mm-hmm. it girl of the school and is just all around, you know, she's beautiful, has everything mm-hmm. that you would expect. Yeah. Um, as a leading, leading lady. Yes. And yeah, I really, I think I enjoyed every, everyone's performance overall. I, there's not like anyone that stands out that I was like, oh, I don't like. Yeah, I agree. So I really do like Stephanie because I think for the times she really was like, I don't know, very progressive. And yeah. she was like, I don't really need a guy. And if I want a guy, I want him to be like this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she didn't settle for anything less than what she wanted. And you know, Michael Carrington, he's now this cool writer that's kind of like in disguise. No one knows it's him. The whole movie. The yeah. whole movie. And, you know. Which I wasn't expecting. That shocked me. Yeah. So, and then he ends up, they end up kind of having like a little affair, but she still doesn't know who he is just because he's wearing, he's wearing goggles. I can't. It kills me. I can't. But. But like the voice is the same. Well, no, he, he changes accent. Oh, wait, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have English accent. Yeah. He like pretend to have an American accent. Please. So and then the whole. I'm sorry, but the part where they all think he's dead. Oh yeah, is, it, that was the most like campiest thing yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> Notice, like he he literally rides off the cliff, yeah. seemingly so cliff, yeah. seemingly so, and they're all just like ninety percent. They're like, okay, well, bye. He's not down there. He's goner. And then Stephanie's like, he's dead. Yeah, and they just kind of like accept it and move on. That they just saw someone die. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, we see his entrance again in the... the at the, the luau. The luau. That was... The amount of motorcycle tricks that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Impressive. I just love the ending because it's so cute because he, like, rips off his goggles and, like, his hat or whatever he, whatever he was wearing on his face. And all the teachers go, it's Michael! And I just thought it was so cute. Like, I love that moment. Mm-hmm. What a reveal. What a reveal. I always love a good reveal in a movie mm-hmm. or a show or whatever. But um, I do think... It, this one was well done. It was very funny, and I just I I. But I think the biggest gripe people have with it is the music. That's I mean, even Glee quoted it. Yeah, but I don't think the music was bad. Mm-mm. I think the songs were good, and I think um, Adrian Zmed, who plays Johnny Nagarelli, his voice is actually incredible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. His voice is so good. I love the songs. I think they're bangers. Like you only had one issue with the ballad that Michael Carrington oh, sings. Oh, yes. Um, I hate that it's all like in his head. I think. Yeah. But I mean, like we're you're not seeing him sing out loud. It's like a it's, voiceover. Yeah, and it's very like it sounds like he's underwater. It's called My Charade, which is charades. So, yeah, so let's talk about some of the pink ladies. I know we already discussed Stephanie. 
I do want to talk Paulette. Paulette is very like Marilyn Monroe. Like yeah. that's her idol and who she's trying to be like. Yeah. Definitely um, tries to emulate her. Emulate Marilyn. And I guess her whole storyline kind of reflects a little bit of Marilyn because, you know, the she's relationship. The mistress. Yes, the mistress. And, and uh, Stephanie's uh, Jackie. I guess so. Jackie <laughs> and Marilyn. Yes. So I love Paulette. And her little sister is Dolores. She's not technically a pink lady yet. Right. Um, but I do think that had there been a third film, she would have been the next in line to mm-hmm. be a pink lady, which I think would have been really cool. But Dolores is Paulette's little sister who, like, dreams of being, like, a pink lady one day. Right. Super cute. And then um, we have Sharon, mm-hmm. who she is so – I feel like I identify most with Sharon. Mm. She is so type A. And very much – because she was the one that was trying to do, like, the talent show. Yeah. And get everyone organized. And she was dating – I think it's Goose. Mm-hmm. I think she was dating Goose. Um, but she's so funny, very prim and proper, love her. And then we have Rhonda, who she's the one with the, I guess she doesn't technically get a nose job, but they kind of allude to it. And like, they always make fun of her, her nose. I know she's a little bit more dorky, but I love the people. So some variety with them. Yep. We got some variety. So what's your favorite number in this movie? Okay. So it's probably either, it's going to be a tie between Cool Rider. Oh, that's a good one. And I I love the opening number. The opening number is fun. It's very like big and big. Big choreographed number. A lot of extras. Camp. Full on camp. And I, I enjoyed it. I love I love a good camping trip. <laughs> so it was great. Um I definitely was you know, it really immerses you right away. Sets the back scene, at Rydell. Sets the tone. Yeah. Um, it pulls you in. Yep. If you're willing to accept that, you know, it's a different cast. Yeah. I think we also get the Pink Ladies Pledge, which they yes. didn't show, they didn't have in the first movie. They don't. Which I think will be cool. I really hope that they tie this into the prequel of the series. So basically in the opening number, they sing the Pink Ladies Pledge to act cool, to look cool, and to be cool till death do us part. Think pink. So I really want to see the origins of that and where that comes from. Mm-hmm. See if they do that. I think that they should make this show into like a stage version. Mm-hmm. I think that they tried to do that. I think I read that somewhere. But like I would love this to come to Broadway. Like I oh, think that wow. would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like it'd be very polarizing. I think so like bad too. Cinderella. Yeah, but I feel like they could make it work. Of course. They can make anything work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Michelle Pfeiffer. She posted about the rise of the she pink did. ladies, which I was like, she maybe did. she's coming back around. Yeah, not trying to you know stray away from it. Yeah, so, my favorite numbers. I yeah, really love. I really love what's the name of that song? Prowlin', which yeah. is a T Bird song. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And I also really love Who's That Guy. Oh, oh yeah, so those fun. are good ones. Those I are love good ones. Those. Also, reproduction. How do we not talk about reproduction? Oh, the classroom one. I remember trying to make my eighth grade teacher play the song where we talked about sex ed they said no and then they also tried to get my senior biology no not biology anatomy teacher to play this during that um chapter and he also said no so i don't understand for the life of me why they wouldn't play it they didn't see the vision they did not see the vision um only i would guess would have 
I guess maybe in another life you become a teacher and, and then I will, how cool would that be like if I become a teacher and all my lessons there was like some musical I could like tie into it yeah, yeah. oh my god that'd be so fun right it'd be like Shu wanting to like when he performs with the kids yes and he's yes, like yes, trying yes. to live out his dream <laughs> um but yeah I think overall if I were to race Grace to a one out of ten I would give it a seven and a half okay and you Thousand. I'm there just kidding. There you go. I'm just kidding. I probably would give it like an eight point five nine. Love. Just because of my own personal. Of course, I think a lot of things like a lot of my favorite movies and pieces of film have a lot to do with it. Their own personal kind of relationship I have with it. Yeah. And nostalgia and history with it. Um, but I definitely think Grace Two is. I would even say it's underrated. I think it's so underrated. So. Check it out. Maybe go into it with a very fresh perspective and not try. Don't think about the first movie. Yeah. I mean, regardless, it's going to be hard not to, but it's just so highly, like I said, if anything comes out after race, it's going to live in the shadow. But I think the best way to watch it is to just watch it as a standalone film. Agreed. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on race too. Me as well. Well, this has been so much fun. And we really appreciate you guys listening to today's episode. Thank you so much. Yes, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.